the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Adventurers, and welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more of our Monster of the Week game. Last time our heroes got a bit of a plot drop, so let's check in with them and see how they're doing. Kind of sore, but it's not for my fresh ink, although... Oh, uh, that hurts. <laughs> Hugo Rashad. These old bones are heavy with the weight. Dramatic irony. I'm Agent Whitaker. Hey, Whitaker. This absolute champion plaque you got me is a little much. I think I just got lucky. I'm Raven Eugenia. Uh, why didn't I get a plaque, Whitaker? I carried people, literally. What the hell? No promotion? Speaking of hell, that's where I'm from. I'm Damien Angelo Edgecrest. I'm very grateful to not be impaled anymore, although I was able to check it off my bucket list. But the real good news is my friends are friends for realsies. I'm Felicity Sternbrook. I'm everyone's friend for real. Well, in this group, I mean, not the whole world. Uh, no offense to the rest of the world. I'm sure everyone is great. Uh, I'm Aiden Brightwood, and I hope I didn't hurt the rest of the world's feelings. Let's have an adventure. Let's do a quick recap on what happened last time. We were in the midst of a fight in the St. John's Warehouse District in Portland, where our heroes had tracked down the lair of a shifter gang. The shifters had been holding captive three Thunderbird chicks, attempting to siphon their magical electrical energy off of them. In the middle of the fight, Hugo had summoned the Thunderbird, thanks to pulling on his connection to nature magic. And throughout the course of the continuing fight that followed, Damien managed to defeat a wizard. Jordan, the Whispered Shifter, showed up to give you guys some backup and went toe-to-toe with Cade Tolvane, the Bear Shifter gang leader. Whitaker, providing tactical support and trying to keep everybody alive. Felicity managed to get to the Thunderbird Chicks, but as the mother was pecking away at the glass cage they were in that seemed to trigger some sigils that were carved into the glass, forced it to explode, critically injuring our favorite curly-haired redhead, Uh, at which point Aiden teleported them both out of the fight and quickly absorbed a lot of that damage into herself to try and save Felicity's life. The fight then boiled down to Raven Eugenia, who after a slightly disappointing first attempt at her tarot summoning magic, managed to pull the Thunderbird card and negotiate the Thunderbird mother's wrath down from I'm going to destroy the city to I will accept that these people have helped return my chicks to me. Jordan managed to defeat Cade, despite taking a lot of damage themselves, and Hugo... (laughs) Spent a lot of the session unconscious, so (laughs) there's not much to say about him other than our boy Hurton. You all did manage to survive, though. Damien performing some rather grotesque healing magic on Aiden to keep her from uh, slipping away. 
And as the EC agency showed up to perform cleanup of the scene, you were all taken to the infirmary and allowed to rest back at cabin 12J. Some of you going to see Phoebe Wicket and giving her your suits, which were badly damaged. Whitaker found out that despite the quote-unquote success of this investigation into the shifter gang's smuggling activities, that he and the team are being reassigned on orders of Olivia Eastie. She explained that because of the severity of this particular encounter, she wanted to give them some cases that seemed a little less life-threatening, especially for a group of fledgling beginner agents. And also to give Whitaker a bit of a break because he seems stressed for some reason. Damien, however, our mad lad demon boy, crept into Olivia's office as a spider, hitching a ride on Whitaker's coattail to be a literal bug on the wall, or rather in a desk. And that evening, as everyone else rested and had a, a self-care night, Damien overheard a rather important conversation, or rather two important conversations, between Olivia Eastie and a unknown figure on the other end of a telephone. And we saw the return of the radio ghost, seemingly someone that Olivia Eastie is in contact with and misses. And that's where we left off. Damien, you are a tiny spider in her desk. She has left for the evening. And you now have all this information that you were able to glean from listening into her uh, phone call. Things are afoot. Oh, we are starting with Damien. I mean, it seems the, mo the yeah. most fitting place to start. I agree completely. Damien does think about pilfering the armory and realizes that they might actually have that better secured. So he decides to slowly spider out of the room, phase through the floor, work his way out, get to the edge of the building... You know, jump off, turn into a pigeon, and fly off to return to the group okay. before he forgets everything that he's heard. The rest of you are, at this point, asleep, I think, because this is rather late at night. It's probably at least 12.30, if not like 1 or 2 a.m. So when you get back to the cabin, you see that most of the group has formed a sort of couch island in the center of the living room. <laughs> I imagine Whitaker has gone to bed at this point, too. Uh, yeah. 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 He's probably not going to participate in the nest. <laughs> we totally offer, though. Oh, yeah. The offer is put out there. Thank you so much, Raven. You were really spectacular today, so please get some rest. Please get some rest. <laughs> I will say, Damien, Aiden is awake because she doesn't sleep, just like you. She is... Do you think you guys sort of, like, had her in the couch pile, even though she's not going to sleep, or...? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So she's just sitting, legs under the blankets with her phone, listening to music as she is wont to do in the evenings. Do you fly through the glass as a pigeon? Do you impact with it because you're so excited you forget to phase? Like, what is Damien's entrance here? Damien will fly and land outside, turn into a suited version of himself. I think it was Orlando Bloom last time, and that worked in Orlando Bloom's stunt double. Uh, wearing the same pea coat he stole from the wizard, and he will phase through the glass wall, calm, cool, and collected, and uh, see the group, and then realize he's, you know, he has to be quiet. Aiden gives you a little wave. She takes, like, one ear phone out. 
What were you up to? Shenanigans. We need to talk immediately. Just you and I. I need to get this off my chest. I don't necessarily need to wake the group up. I know they like sleep and there's nothing that's going to really happen. You know, it's not time sensitive. Okay. It's just important. Sure. You see she glows briefly for a second and, and appears next to you and opens the like glass door to the cabin. Let's go outside so we can talk. So what the fuck? So Olivia Eastie, one is working for a heavily accented dude. He shows up all, ha, 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 ha. And she's all like, oh, you have a lot to answer for. And he's like, listen, babe, you need a source of power and I will provide it for you, but I will need more time because you can't keep your agents in line. And she's all like, well, maybe I could keep my agents in line if you weren't so sloppy about trafficking endangered species. And then holy shit, after she leaves that conversation with presumably King, I don't know if I can put those two puzzle pieces together per se, that she was working with the same person that the wizard said that he was working for. But then she was talking to the radio ghost on a radio in her office. So the banishment spell worked, but not so well. And not only was she talking to him, but she said she missed him. That means she was in some sort of a relationship with the radio ghost and it was vague i couldn't read what type of relationship it was but she had in her desk a tiny toolkit like you would do for tinkering with things and she's looking for a power source so a lot happened aiden is staring at you like you have taken on a form that is even more upsetting than anything else you've ever taken on (laughs) That was a lot. She sits down on like a bench, kind of cups her head in her hands. Yeah, it's laser beam or giant robot or space satellite laser. I mean, you don't know those things for sure, right? We don't have to worry about that immediately. No, I mean, we thwarted the first plan. The next step is to figure out where he is going to go for an electric supply next. How to defeat vampires, how to defeat radio ghosts, what her brother is or was and is now, because now he's got to be a mystery. She has a brother? Elias. Whitaker met him briefly. Okay. Um, wow. Well, ah, boy. Like, she, she doesn't know what to do because she doesn't want to wake people up. But clearly this is, like, a huge thing to tell everyone. So my thoughts is just, you know, write it down so there's a note so we don't forget anything. And then I was going to go shopping. Just like that? Yeah. Yeah. All places are open 24-7 for me. Oh, Damien. Well, okay. I'll write down everything you said. The accent was important on that one guy that she was was working for. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I'm not good with accents. But he had a thick one. think that was You could recognize it again, right? Yeah. All right, well, that's something. Yeah, I mean, now I'm going to have to spy on that office, like, way more often. I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, you probably got very lucky. It could just be awesome, and it could be repeatable awesome. So I'm going to keep causing shenanigans. You use that word very freely, Damien. This is so complicated now, because... And she sees, she, like, looks over her shoulder at everyone else, all the humans who are asleep in the other room. Whitaker might have been right. Maybe we shouldn't stay. What? Are you kidding me? I can steal from this company and no one can question if it's morally a problem. 
I hate that that's what you take away from all this. We have a whole armory. Yeah, we but... We could take everything, and it would be a good thing to do. Oh, I really don't like the idea of you just taking guns and explosives. Listen, you really helped out at the warehouse, and I, I didn't get a chance to say thank you. You keep surprising me, Damien, but I... Surprises are not always good, especially if there's this many levels to whatever plots are going on with the director. I want to be very clear that what I just pulled off was fucking incredible and awesome. And it was risky, but I fully intend to make sure that we get to the bottom of whatever these plans are. Because these are monsters, and if they're going to hurt people then there aren't people around and people are great. I mean, I know some better than others and get along with these guys pretty great, so. It's not my mission here, she puts her hand on the deck, to save everyone, but I'm going to do my best to protect them. I don't know that getting them wrapped up in something this dangerous is really the best idea. We still don't know very much. You just found out that these things are going on, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm evil, so I'm going to try my second best to help everyone and my first best to do whatever I feel like doing. And don't get me wrong, I do think that I want to follow the path of good. So if you think, hey, Damien, you're crossing over the line, maybe easy on the killing, I'd be like, yeah, totally fine. But, you know, I understand the basics. I didn't kill anyone in the last fight. I got two prisoners. That was really impressive, yeah. So yeah, whenever I feel like I'm out of line, let me know. And then I'll think about it. If it's stealing, I'll probably do it. Not from small businesses, obviously. Uh, Again, But from any of the big nade stores. I'm not really here to police your morality. It's not my job. I don't want you to get hurt either. I'm going to go write that note. And she reaches into her back pocket and pulls out her wallet. And she gives you like 60 bucks. If you're going to go take things, please just leave this on the counter. Okay. Thank you. I will leave this. In a few places. I mean, if, you, if it helps to think about it this way, I just gave something to you. You could give something to someone else. It doesn't even have to be anything important. It's just this thing I'm giving you right now. Nice. Thank you. Good night, Damien. Sorry uh, if I corrupt you. Bye. She just does like a head turn at that. Uh, goes and starts writing down everything you told her. You spend the night shopping, I guess. You go to just like a Wegmans or like... <laughs> Yeah, just, just odd and ends, like some some nips from the liquor store, some extra rolls of duct tape, because he's been using a lot of that recently, and that's, that's a pretty effective way to wrap people up. Like an overnight bag of toiletries, just, you know, <laughs> some food, just like lots of snacks and like beef jerky and chips and stuff that'll last for a while. He's starting to plan a little bit smarter with his thievery and not just sticking to wild clothing choices. Cool. The next morning comes, you all wake up. Whitaker probably before everyone else. Gotta get that five-mile run in. I think Aiden definitely waits until you get back from your run, Whitaker, to, like, show you the note and explain everything that went down in Olivia's office. Fucking knew it. Fucking knew something was up. And you all doubted me. He doesn't say that. But he thinks it very strongly. She is just sipping at some coffee and worriedly watching for your reaction. So what does she see when you, like, get to the end of it? Uh, you know, long furrowed brow, like, oh, fuck. Good lord. Did Damien tell you this? 
yeah, he was in her office last night. Hmm. My God. But I don't know that we should tell everyone else. Don't, don't tell him. I think they got a right to know. I think maybe. But I, I just put in. I just put in the most glowing review for Raven to become a full-fledged employee of this place. Right. Well, maybe that's not such a good uh, idea. Maybe we should leave. Yeah. No kidding. But I want to pull her out of it and say, no, we're going now. Sorry. I know you did fantastic in that fight and everything, but now we're just leaving. I don't know. I just every time some other mystery pops up, they get all very curious about it. I mean, I don't want to abandon this though. Do you want them and... involved though? <sighs> That is where the trouble lies, isn't it? They're strong, clearly, but this is not something we can punch our way out of, I don't think. No, not at all. I think they have a right to know. I, I, I don't think that's up for negotiation. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything we can do about it, right now at least. She's been working with King this whole fucking time. Who is he? You seem to he's, know him. He's sort of like a um, mafia boss in this area, well, at least he used to be. I haven't heard of him being up to anything for like a few years now. He just, he's got, you know, he's got his hands in a lot of pockets around here and he's, I knew him for doing some smuggling operations a long time ago, but he's a, he's a nasty, nasty individual. Seems like he's was, getting other people to do his job for him now. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, I don't know how he got fucking Olivia Easty in his pocket. If this is indeed him we're looking at, that is, that is insane. That is insane to me. It's sort of her whole job to make sure that sort of thing doesn't happen, right? Exactly. We're one of the only, you know, organizations, well, not one of the only, the most notable, I guess, organizations trying to keep the veil between this place sealed. And he's one of the ones who's always trying to fuck with it, you know, crossing into people's territory and doing destructive operations and what have you. And if he's got her under his arm, well then there's no rules for him anymore. And that's terrifying. So here's my question, Whitaker. Can you trust anybody you work with anymore? I don't know. That should probably be number one thing to figure out. Yeah. Puts her hand on your hand. If it's just you here, you should leave too. I highly considering it. Ever since I learned Miss Eastie wasn't human. My thought is, if I leave, then what on earth is stopping King from doing whatever the hell he wants? Or stopping Eastie from doing whatever the hell she wants? Yeah. I'm certainly willing to help you, if I can. Whitaker and Aiden have this very serious, low-toned discussion. The rest of you guys can wake up whenever. I thought waking up hungover was bad, but... This it feels maybe a little worse. I'm going to have a really cool scar, though. What's for <laughs> breakfast? Is it morning? This is the next morning. Okay. Aiden waited to Sorry, talk to Whitaker in the morning. Damien is not back from shopping, and he made breakfast last time. So when you ask what's for breakfast, Aiden stands up, opens the covers. <laughs> it's like no food, really, because you guys haven't stocked up yet. You're not sure if you're staying uh-huh. here or not. So Raven wanted There's to make cereal. pancakes. I'll have some cereal. Do we have orange juice? I'll like, take it out for brunch. Yeah! <laughs> oh, we have to have slept in. Oh, yeah. It's like 9 30, 10 o'clock. Raven's just quietly chanting, brunch, 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 brunch. Then <laughs> she goes and gets dressed. How are you doing, Hugo? Lying flat on the floor, like face melding into the wood. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That nice hardwood feeling. Notably, <laughs> he doesn't have anywhere near as many scars on him as he should. Yeah, that's true. Now that's interesting. Your tattoo certainly has stopped glowing at this point, Hugo. Thank goodness. Uh, and is back to its just black ink looking design. He'll deal with that later. It's fine. So how'd everyone sleep? Good. It was comfy. We had a cuddle pile. Wish you were there, Whitaker. But I mean, there always has to be one party pooper, right? We'll get him next time. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Felicity, do you want to roll your uh, premonition now? Yes. Let me use my new Felicity dice. Save the result, and I'll tell you when you have the vision. Okay. No. Okay. And this is why we level up so fast. <laughs> I'm going to um, put another mark down. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we have to nerf Felicity somehow. It's true. It's just fate giving her bad dice rolls for her cool thing. Yeah. Your future vision. Oh, no. Oh, I yeah, leveled up. Great. Level nine, guys. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, level nine. figure out a way to scale this game. <laughs> I feel like Hugo deserves a level up for almost dying. Oh, certainly. Yeah, we, sh- we yeah. should be able to give away level ups. <laughs> you know what I'll do? You know what I'll do is I'll I'll put Hugo in a very awkward social situation and make him roll every time he has to say something. Oh, <laughs> he does have that minus one? He's already been through so much. I know. So that means we're going out clubbing again, right? Oh, <laughs> maybe. No. Oh no! First, oh, off, we have to so go well check out the deep. And Damien resisted checking it out on his own because doing it with friends is better, even though it's a bad idea to bring people to the whatever club this wizard went to. So Damien, you catch the tail end of, are we going to go clubbing again? We are absolutely going clubbing again. The new place we're going to check out is The Deep. It is going to be much sketchier than the moment, and I cannot vouch for it or its safety in any way. In fact, it is very likely dangerous. That's what I'm talking about, Felicity. I like your enthusiasm. Thank you. This this is not a good idea. Whitaker has an announcement, and Aiden starts pouring cereal for everybody and totally throws you under that bus, Whitaker. Um, yeah, we're leaving. (laughs) What? Uh, Okay. Damien, back me up here. I just got word that, um, Olivia Eastie and King are all so we think, are uh, in leagues together. We all just got taken off the, the entire shifter case. We've been reassigned, and, and, and Damien apparently got word from, what were you doing? Oh, yeah, I was eavesdropping in Olivia Eastie's desk. Raven's gonna, Raven's gonna interrupt this conversation and be like, guys, do we think this is a safe thing to talk about in Eastie property? It's just gonna look around at everyone like, really? <laughs> And she's trying to cover her mouth as she's speaking. She's like, do we know this place doesn't have, like, hidden cameras or microphones or something? I'll say this, Whitaker. You would know. There certainly are security cameras on the grounds. But within these cabins that are for the agents, there's sort of a level of privacy that the agency allows its employees to have. But if she doesn't trust <coughs> us... We could talk about it over brunch. Wonderful idea. Pack up all that cereal! <laughs> <laughs> I request one unit of mimosa, please. What's a mimosa? Oh, yeah. oh boy. You don't get to know. 
It's it's just it's juice. Just, I'll get you some juice. Fancy orange juice. <laughs> nope. Virgin mimosa. Virgin mimosa. <laughs> we absolutely order virgin mimosas for Felicity. Oh my god. We told him to put it in the fancy glass though. Oh yeah. All right. Well, where are you gonna go for brunch then, Whitaker? Anywhere in mind or just a generic place? Now I did not download into my brain Portland brunch eateries. I feel like we should go to one of those places that looks kind of sketchy on the outside, but like everyone local knows that the food is amazing. We don't have to go anywhere fancy. We need to go somewhere like grubby and delicious. Let me pull up my Portland lore document. Um, yeah, take us to a place with lore. <laughs> take us to a place with encounters. I mean, there, there isn't one for brunch. I'm going to be straight up with y'all. I did not prepare a brunch encounter for this session. How could you not know? <laughs> of everything I prepared. <laughs> Gotta get with it. We love brunch. I didn't write down anything about brunch. There is the Roxy which is the 24-hour diner. There is uh, Kova Coffee, which is like a fancy-ish coffee shop. Which place would you say is the least crowded? Which is the safest? I mean, Kova Coffee is just like a coffee shop. You could certainly go there and have like a little booth to yourselves. There's also like donut shops in Portland, but those are generally more frequented by tourists. I like Um, the sound of the diner. The Roxy? Yeah, Raven might be biased though. Yeah. Are you going to get Diner Envy if you go there? Probably. Diner Envy. (laughs) I feel like Maple Leaf is better. They have better French toast. (laughs) Oh, the Roxy is, ooh, it's weird. Great, good. Yeah, you should all Google image the Roxy real quick. R-O-X-Y. The Roxy Portland. Ooh, it looks so fun. Yeah. I love this. This is perfect. This is where we're going, guys. There are mannequins just hanging on the wall. Wow. (laughs) Oh my god, what? It's like classic diner bar stools. It's so good. It's exactly what I was this hoping This is perfect. For. That seems That's exactly up Raven's alley. Yay, Portland research paid off. <laughs> um. <laughs> Nights at the Roxy, an all-ages queer haven. Aww. That's Love great, that. too. That's probably why I wrote it down originally, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you guys head out for brunch. The Roxy is not a supernatural diner by any means. It's just one of Portland's more eclectic eateries. But you get a booth there and sit down to your virgin mimosas and bacon pancakes. First off, Raven's going to apologize for interrupting earlier. But at the first mention of sabotage or, you know, any kind of seediness, she immediately was like, this whole room is bugged and we have to get out of here. So no need to apologize. That's the right play. As I was saying, Olivia Eastie is working with King to get her a power source. And also the radio ghost is alive and she misses him. So we have to figure out a lot of things to conquer. So I say we heavily infiltrate the Eastie agency. And I definitely think that Aiden and Whitaker will back me up that we all need to work our way in and infiltrate that way we can take this thing down from inside this is a big project you're suggesting though and i have to emphasize that these are some very big powers we're coming up against right now my vote is definitely not to infiltrate further it just seems like a bad thing to get involved with it sounds like the obvious thing to get involved with it feels worse if we let it go though How do you let that go? I mean, I guess it's something to keep tabs on. It sounds like nothing big is happening anytime soon, but... 
I can have a side project, you know, it doesn't have to be a group effort. I'm not saying to ignore it. I'm saying maybe we, and she gestures at the group, are not the people to take this on. And she looks over at you, Raven, and back at Whitaker. We work at a diner. I know I have a lot of experience, but I'm going to put it out there. I was never a secret agent. I don't know how that game works. I don't want a repeat of yesterday. I will say that. Even if we all made it out alive, certainly not unscathed. And that is not something I want to see again. I do worry that if we get wrapped up in this, that becomes a bigger possibility. Are we still safe here, though? Because I don't know. I definitely don't feel safe (laughs) staying in these cabins knowing that the owner of this company is working with the, the bad guy here. Felicity, you said you had a vision, right, of um, King finding out about us. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw the, the King. He was talking to one of the shifter people, I think. I mean, from what Damien says, he does have a really thick accent and sounds kind of spooky. The wizard like- said he was working for King, and then the person with the accent that Olivia was talking to said he was running the operation. And then with Felicity's thing, that's, that's other points in that direction. Yeah, he had one of the shifters and was, like, questioning them. And they, the shifter told him that you were with us. I want to back up on that conversation. If Olivia's working with the radio ghost, what does that mean about the first moments we spent at the agency? And that's what's fucking me up right now. Was that Maybe planned? Was, was, that? was it a test? Because we're new? Do they test you? I don't know. I've never done this before. Oh, well, I mean, if he won, he would have taken out the whole agency by himself. And then he could have gotten her out of the basement and she would have been fine because she's a vampire in a cold environment. I, I suppose we need to figure out. Because there's no way the radio ghost's getting put away. Uh, mm. He went away oh. too easy. He did go away well, it, pretty it, easy. It could just be at Felicity's little overpowered. <laughs> Felicity, do you that. remember what he said to you after you banished him? Yeah, oh god, I didn't think that would be important. Shit. I didn't write it down. <laughs> oh it was no. Really cryptic, wasn't it? It was I know it was something crypt what was it? <gasps> no. I could have sworn it was literally to be continued. Yeah. It was just, I mean, that it sounds like those something exact words say. Yeah. close to that. Of like this isn't over, and then he disappeared. And we were like, is it over? It's a great cliffhanger line to get you tuned into next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Waker's new playbook power. <laughs> marketing. <laughs> marketing. I suppose we need to figure out why that happened. You know, what exactly was attacked when the radio ghost got in on the, the hardware and the, the databases. I, I don't know. I need to figure out what, what the game was there. I mean, he shut down the whole agency except for our group. Maybe that was some kind of cover. Maybe Olivia hasn't been working with King that long. And that was when it like mm-hmm. started. Hugo's going to lift his head up from the table. Still struggling to be upright. <laughs> He's trying. He is trying. We gave him a really long straw for we his mimosas. Like cu- we can drink it with his head down. <laughs> Excuse me, can we get um, like a cup of ice, please? Do we know if there were any casualties at all? Or, no, sorry, not, not casualties, fatalities. I don't, I don't think so. There were not. I'm pretty yeah. sure that if that ghost had wanted to kill anyone, they could have yeah. easily. 
with that sort of control over them. Incapacitate yeah. a bunch of people without having a reason to keep them just incapacitated. So if I was the head of such an organization, I would incapacitate everyone. I would weaken them emotionally and break their spirits completely. And then I would mind control them. I've got them well-suited, well-armored, and mind-controlled, and they're going to do whatever I'd like. That sounds like armor creation stuff. He did look well, at I mean, our memories. There, there was some level of manipulation Wait, going on, but yeah. Whitaker, weren't you with her the whole time? Oh, for the most part, yeah. We were trapped in the elevator, and then we got trapped in the, um, the cold room. <laughs> you know, the room Isn't that's it? cold all the time. Isn't it? Weird that the only place she really tried to kill people was in cold storage where Olivia was. Yeah, but she was safe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He knew that she'd be okay in cold storage. I will say this, though, on the topic of what to do. It's worth remembering every organization has some bad element in it no matter what. And it's up to you to decide if you'll go along with it, or if you'll do your best to try to undermine it at every turn. But, like, not every place is run by a vampire. It's like, not always run by a vampire, but there's always like the... something. Always something. Yeah, like, capitalism yeah. sucks, but they're not all run by vampires. That we know of. That we and... know Every company is a vampire. And head back on the table. What is Hugo's breakfast order? He's not eating anything. Oh, God. Ooh. Aiden would try and make you eat something. Oh, yeah. Do you want some eggs? You can have my hash browns. Hugo, please, please, Hugo. <laughs> you have to eat something. <laughs> Felicity will order Hugo the big fat heart attack special. Got so much food. Did oh. you look up the menu? Is that actually on the Roxy's menu? Yes. <laughs> the big fat heart attack special is a Amazing. large chicken fried steak. Four eggs, extra gravy, hash browns, and toast. It sounds so good. I looked up the menu after you sent that because I wanted to see what else they had, and it made me hungry. (laughs) Yeah, this this all sounds delicious. All of it. And whatever Hugo doesn't eat, we'll just split it. Aiden says if they're working together, and he tells her everything he found out, then she already knows what I am. Shit. The only person he doesn't know anything about she points at Hugo with his head down. <laughs> I was saying, Whitaker, I think we need to figure out who our friends really are. I think so, too. Yeah. This looks like a job for me mind-controlling people to figure it no, out. Let's no. sign up these agents. I <laughs> oh thought my that's God. pretty clear what you were implying. Damien? <laughs> da- Damien? It isn't cute. It isn't cute when you mind control people. I'm just gonna come out and say it's not cute. It's not funny. It's not a game. It's not a fun time for anyone involved. Nobody wants it. For anyone involved? (laughs) It kicks you you under the table. (laughs) It's great for emergency situations, but it really shouldn't be like the first thing you think of when meeting literally anybody. It should be considered an offensive measure used for bad people. Also, generally people hate you afterwards, right? So then they definitely won't want to help us. 
fine, I'll pretend to be a rogue agent that's not working with you guys. And then and if they hate me, it doesn't reflect poorly on you all. I would really I rather just be might... able to trust people because we trust them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just naturally want to screw with people and... I know, and I hate things. it. <laughs> so I will let you guys take the lead. There's better ways to handle this. Listen, if we need any mind control, we'll let you know. We'll call you, you know? <laughs> we'll talk to you about it. But you'll be the first one we think of. Absolutely. So what are we going to do? I think we got to get out of Portland for a bit. I think we should blow up her office. <laughs> everyone everyone just it. stares at Davian, <laughs> who clearly just put his hand up over his mouth and said that. <laughs> Right, fine. Did you say we were reassigned, Whitaker? Yeah, we've been taken off the case. Uh, at first, I thought she was actually being kind of genuine about it, but the more I thought of it about it, and then with this bit of information revealed today, I'm like, yeah, that's suspicious as hell. I mean, it's definitely how someone like that would play it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She mentioned that on the call that we weren't supposed to be there, and she's sorry and getting us out of the way so we don't interfere again. I mean, that at least makes me feel better about, at least we probably don't have to worry about him coming after us. At least getting us out of the way is just reassigning us and not, you know, like murdering us or anything. That's the easier method. I gotta keep tabs on this, though, regardless of where we end up. I'm gonna talk to Prithi at some point. I need to know where they stand on this. Oh, yeah. I think you should talk to pretty much anyone you trust with this information, Whitaker. Yeah. But these are your people. You have to make that call. <sighs> yeah, I need to know. I, I just need to know if, if they're aware of any of this. Or have been, have, been, have been here a lot longer than I have. Maybe some of them have already noticed some weird stuff. My thought is, listen, Prithi either knows everything about everyone or they could know everything about everyone. So the idea that Prithi doesn't know is very... Highly suspect to me. I don't know. I, I need to check in with them on this one. And everyone else, I guess. Prithy knew what we were doing, right? But in t- terms of... Yeah, yeah, they knew what the mission was, or so they could figure it out. If Prithy was in league with Olivia, then they would have just told Olivia. I feel like Olivia would have stopped us sooner, because I send in reports about what I've been up to. When I tried to mind control Prithy to ask about Olivia, as you did what? I didn't work. Damien, they're my friend. They're my friend. You can't do that. That's my friend. It was. Oh my god! They're never gonna talk to me again. They've talked to you since. You're fine. The point (laughs) is, I asked about Olivia, and they were not mind controlled, but they did say that they didn't want to get her angry. So you think maybe they do know, but they just, they're kind of in the position we're in where they don't want to, you know, they don't have, think they can do anything about it. Oh, no, I just think they're so cool that you could read that anyway, and it's completely correct. <laughs> yeah. Because they have to cover their bases completely, and that's completely read as, oh, she's just an intimidating boss. But also it reads as she's a vampire, and she's heavily involved with a lot of connections. You don't want to mess with that. Well, I suppose I'll have to talk to them and find out. I... I don't want to make this call, I'm going to be honest. Because I personally want to stay in Portland.
for a variety of reasons and I don't want to let this go but I also do not want to put any of you in a position like yesterday again so I don't think this is my call to make honestly Whitaker it's kind of ironic this is exactly what I tried to have not happen in general and guess what everyone did anyway <sighs> so guess what they're gonna do anyway Raven mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you I mean I'll go back what do you think I really don't want us to split up, but I I understand that Whitaker honestly should stay here and talk to more people from the agency and see who's on what side and who knows what. But I know I personally want to go back home, at least for a little while. I think we could come back here, but I don't feel safe staying in East Agency quarters knowing what we know now. And I think after the, the few days we've had here, it feels like a lot longer. I feel like we need to go home for a bit. I miss my tree, too. And Raven's gonna look over at Aiden and just be like, and, you know, I don't want the diner to completely collapse without its two best waitresses, so. She smiles. She says, honestly, we should decide if we need to put in our two weeks. If you're serious about being an agent. Well, I, I mean, thought I knew last night, but uh, everything changed this morning. That keeps happening. Yeah. I I think our best course of action right now is to pretend we don't know anything and to just go along like normal and try to seem as not suspicious as possible. I think if we've been reassigned by Olivia Eastie herself, then we should follow that and we should keep our eyes out and still continue investigating this. But she can't catch wind of us being onto her. Undermine at every available opportunity. Okay, so... We'll go home. If anything, just to, you know, pack a larger suitcase to come back. You guys wrap up brunch. Are we leaving today? Or can we go to the deep first? Are you going to do any investigating before you head out? I mean, we could stay for the rest of the day, probably or at least the rest of the afternoon, get some stuff done if Whitaker needs any help talking to people within the agency. Whitaker, you have some tough conversations to have with your coworkers, certainly. Damien, if you want to check out the deep, we could do that. My one request is that we do do the deep, and I could have Damien do it by just himself, but I don't want to have, like, a just one in narrator section when we can have, like, a group experience. Other than that, I am up for anything. I mean, I guess we could stay for one more night. We just have to lay really low. Yeah. And not let anyone at the agency think that anything weird is going on. You know, just make it seem like we're going to go back to Autumn Falls tomorrow and just start on our new case and everything is fine. I think that's a good idea. Also, because Uh, I really want to go to the deep. (laughs) I Uh, really don't think all of us are in the right shape to go to an even sketchier nightclub than last time. There's got to be somewhere else we could look up information. Do we, should we talk to those gnomes again? Those red caps? Oh, do we have to? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> like, Damien could go check it out and we could, like, be in a car nearby. I just don't think we need another, like, everybody gets dressed up and gets drunk yeah. and dance. You know, like, we can go look. We just don't need another night of partying. Like a purposeful going out. Yeah. And maybe have, like, Damien and Felicity go inside or, like, whoever... And then someone can stay in the car outside where it's safe. It's just oh, going to kind of gesture to Hugo. <laughs> he should not go anywhere. 
Yeah, we can. Hugo is so badass. I want him in the bar by my side with Felicity, most definitely. You're going to die again. You're going to die again. (laughs) I will not let that happen. So it sounds like you guys are at least heading back to EC Agency HQ for now. Oh, another important question. How many of you are actually thinking about becoming agents? That's an important consideration. Raven was. Yeah, Raven, you're the one I'm most concerned about, I'm going to be honest. Okay. I was like 75% in before I learned the whole thing's run by an evil vampire lady. So, questioning, I guess. Yeah. I was all in as of last night. I was ready. Like, that was, I was so committed. I was going to, like, I was going to do this. And now I want to stick it out and, like, see if we can fix this. And if we can somehow get the agency out of the clutches of a backstabbing vampire and the scary mafia guy, who knows? Maybe I could be an agent after that. And then Whitaker will run the agency. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like I'm ready to triple down and get heavily invested and promoted and take out anyone between us and the top. Your MO from day one has been hostile takeover of this place, like before you even knew any of this stuff. Yeah, (laughs) but now the foot's on the gas. Why do you need to take over another agency? You already have your own. Well, so we can merge yeah. the two. Oh, a yeah, merger. I... Oh, you're just going to like buy it out then. Merge them together. All I have to do is replace the signs on the building and replace the business cards and we're good to go. They have great real estate. I do want to mention, and maybe it hasn't been clear, we haven't set this as like a, this is true in the world. The Eastie agency is not a company they're not a corporate thing they are an agency of the government they're just not on the books which is why they're called the eastie agency and not the united states paranormal supernatural forces whatever it's what the u.s has for this sort of thing but because it's supernatural they're not officially under any sort of washington paperwork so the government is being run by evil vampires? Not that the government. God, <laughs> what a surprise. This government <laughs> shell company. Listen, but it's not a company. The metaphors are there. But <laughs> for, purposes of, for purposes of lore. Okay. <laughs> this is our Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. America's run by billionaires and vampires, and they're the same damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Raven, probably still yes. Felicity, maybe. Now that Aiden knows that the Radio Ghost and Olivia probably are sharing secrets, she is also, she tells you, is willing to go on their record since that secret is probably out. Even if it's not out to the agency, it's out to the people at the top. So she wants to back you up. All right. Appreciate that. Okay, you're back at ECHQ. Aiden's just going to go pack things up, get the car ready to go. But you can talk to any employee that you guys have met or look into anything while you're here. I want to go check to make sure that Susie got her new computer. (laughs) When you walk in through the main entrance, you do see Susie Darkheather, the EC agency receptionist, is at a new desk with a new monitor up. And she seems to be back at her usual job of just checking things in and making appointments, etc. I'm going to walk up to her desk and I'm going to go, Wow, Susie! This is nice! Look at this! Look at this whole, all brandy new. See, you're welcome. 
You're welcome. <laughs> she raises a very inquisitive eyebrow. She says, was it your intention to destroy my desk so that I would get a new one? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I respect you, Susie. But listen, as far as collateral goes for like what I will be destroying with my unknown magics that I have, I would say this didn't go as bad as usual. And you got a dope desk out of it. So look at that. Yep. Can I help you? No, I just wanted to come make sure that they helped you out over here. That's it. Goodbye. Have a nice afternoon, Miss Steinberg. You, Susie. Wow. <laughs> she just goes back to work. Enjoy that new computer. She does not know what to make of you. Poor <laughs> Susie. I love Susie. I think my favorite thing about Felicity right now is she is 100% on board. She thinks that Susie loves her. She thinks that like her and Susie are like have a thing. Best of friends. We're so cool. I helped. They tricked Susie's desk out. Like you're welcome, Susie. I did it for you, best bud. And that's that's where Felicity's head is at right now. She she thinks Susie loves her. Okay. <laughs> Miss Starkather just looks at you, Whitaker, and she says, Where'd you find that one again? Give a good rest of your weekend, Susie. You too. She gives you like a good luck, Whitaker. You definitely <laughs> need it kind of glance. Uh, I have sent Prithi a text saying, Getting reassigned soon, and we didn't have our wine last night. We should meet up. They shoot one back. They say, I was just going to grab lunch downstairs, so I'll meet you there. Sounds good. So Whitaker is going to have lunch with Prithi. Aiden was packing. Are the rest of you just helping her, or are you hanging around here at the agency? Since Damien doesn't have anything to pack, he is going to go to the armory and return the bow staff and request something with a little bit more kick, having deemed himself as earning it after the last adventure's shenanigans. And they might not necessarily upgrade, but... When you get to the armory, Gimmer the Goblin is... At the desk, they seem to be playing some, like, offshoot of Candy Crush. They say, uh, oh, hello. What can I do for you? I'm returning this post staff. Uh, it's just not sufficient. I'm stronger with just any glue pans. So if there's anything better you can hand me, I will take it. But otherwise, I'm good. Well, do you have an assignment? As he's, like, hanging the post staff up on the wall. I'm being reassigned with Whitaker. Let me check. I think they were assigning us something super dangerous. So probably uh, something (laughs) real big. Uh, Right now it says you're both on hold pending assignment. So guess you don't have orders yet. Gotcha. Probably when you need your biggest weapons when you're on hold waiting, right? No, not usually. Unless you're thinking to spar with someone. Yes. Yes, I was thinking of sparring with someone. I should check out the training room and see what sort of toys we can train with. Sure. Jim's right around the corner down that hole. Perfect. Thank you, Gimmer. Have a great day. Take it easy, Mr. Edgecrest. (laughs) (laughs) You get around to the gym. You see that Connor is there. He's just sweeping after like a workout session that morning or something like that. Connor, is there any sort of 
uh, armaments we can practice with. I've been doing a lot of hand to hand and I'm looking to increase skills with weapons. Oh, hey, yeah. You thinking some sword forms, some closer range stuff, maybe some knife tactics. He's gesturing different uh, you know, stances. I was looking for more uh, guns and explosives, but uh, I guess. Oh, well, it's not really, I mean, we're not going to spar with guns. That would be <laughs> wild. If you want to do some target practice, I'm happy to take you down to the range. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So you and Connor go down to the gun range, which is not in the gym, but it's a couple levels below ground level where the testing area All was. All this red tape to steal stuff. Yeah, we know. can montage do you, do you, past some... I was going to say, do you want to role-play gun practice? You shoot some guns and you hit or you don't hit. Yeah, no, and Damien wouldn't even really be caring. He would just be like unloading the clip. Okay, next. And be like, oh, you want to look at some feedback or your stance is like, eh. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit better. Just wasting ammo. Just like, blam, 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 blam. Yeah, like, try, trying to draw pictures and stuff. And just like pocketing bullets every now and then for later. All right. During gotcha. all the mix of all the having to reload and everything. Sure. How long do you spend down there? Not too long. By the end of it, you have successfully drawn the shape of that aquatic dinosaur that you like so much. Yes. It's not obvious at first because Connor has just been looking at like the one target that you're supposed to be shooting at. And as you leave, he looks back and sees like, oh, damn. And it's like the whole wall. You were going wild. <laughs> but it's a pretty good likeness. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. Thank you. Um, I was going to ask if I could join in on that lunch. Come right, right along. Yeah. Cool. cool. So you guys see Prithi comes down in the elevator. Today they have a very, it's almost like pirate shirt with like a deep V cut on it. The flavor. And, uh, the flavor's so good. Yeah, they've got like white jeans that have studs down the legs and then like some converse. Oh my god. I love it. Oh, look at that! It's my favorite old person. They can tap you on the back as they get in line. Oh god. You're killing me. How you been? Fine. You know, doing the job. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> you you uh, look like you've got some... Woof. You alright? First off, am I ever? And second off, no. Okay, so one of those lunches. Hi, Raven. Hey, we had a rough night. Yeah, what's been going around? You guys got in a pretty bad scrape. I figured that's why you didn't call me. Listen, I wanted to, but then Natalie kind of swept us out of there before I had a chance to <laughs> really say, hey, I had a wine date with Prithy planned. Um, <laughs> which is kind of morning all of a sudden. Raven's just gonna look at Whitaker and be like, "You, you ditched them, really?" I'm, I'm sorry. You, you were like, I thought, I thought Felicity was gonna puke all over that little pillow nest you made. She, she was in bad shape. I, I didn't want to leave her. I thought you had my eye on her. You could have gone. I, honest to God, thought Hugo was gonna die in his sleep. I uh, had my eye on them, and Aiden <laughs> was there. To be we fair, was... we could have done the wine scene, but you didn't mention it. So. <laughs> Well no, well, no, because we, we, we started off with Damien in the middle of the night. The wine date would have already been over. That's true. That's true. Chronologically. Well, you get a lunch date. I'm, I'm, I'm just messing. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. 
they order like a Thai spring wrap and some fries. Kind of mix the two of them together. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like the meaniest order they could make. Really what it is is they order that, but then they pick up five different sauce options from the little server bar. I feel like they also get like a chocolate pudding too, just because. Oh, probably. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's yep. great. Which they eat first. So as they're pulling the pudding lid off and digging in immediately, oh, they say, uh, you're absolutely heinous as well. Yeah, what it's the best what part. Why am I going to wait? I you save it. You save it for last, you, you absolute sacrilegious cretin. <laughs> Raven has started to open her pudding that she also grabbed to eat it along the yeah. city. No, oh. they, yeah, and they look at Whitaker and they look at Raven and they're like, this explains so much about you. <laughs> I surround myself with heathens every day. <laughs> Raven opens her pudding back up and takes it. Earthy's like, my darling, no, go, go eat, eat it. It's, it's lovely. I mean, it's pudding. Fuck. <laughs> so, as they're tucking in, they say, so what's up? Yeah, as uh, we sort of mentioned, had kind of a rough one yesterday. And we got word that, um, that King's come back around. And that's been weighing on me pretty bad, I would say. I and, remember that um, case. Messed you up yeah, for a while. It, it did. Uh, it really did. Not too happy with it, actually. And not too happy that I've been reassigned off of it. I'm going to be honest. Prithi, I'm about to break some maybe kind of crazy news to you if you don't know it already. They hold their finger up. One second, Monica. And on their phone, you see them typing some things and swiping through a few menus. Let me put their phone down. Go ahead. It's my understanding that you know just about, you could know just about anything about anyone in this place if you wanted to. If I dug deep enough, yeah. Who do you need to know? You see their eyes light up at the potential for gossip. They maybe have misread this. <laughs> it's not, it's not that. It's, well, it could be, depending on how, you, how seriously you take it. Do you know anything about Olivia Eastie? Well, I wouldn't call her my friend. She sits on the board of directors. She's chairperson right now. Uh, I mean, what, what do you... You know her. You talk to her more than I do. Yeah, and I've been, I've been here for a while now, but I never picked up on this until, until Damien pointed it out. But um, I don't think she's human. He, the way it was described to me, she's got, she's got one of those... Life-draining auras is how Damien put it. And now I look at her and all I see is is England all over again. And I don't know if that's Damien getting in my head, messing me up, but I can't unsee it now. I think she's a vampire. First of all, damn. Wow. You see they like run their hand through their hair. Did you, could, could you possibly know anything about this? Like, like, or find it about out? About this, I, Whitaker? I, I, I mean, keep your voice down, obviously. That's fine. I turned all the cameras off. <laughs> Fucking love them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, am I, am, listen, am I reading into this too much because, because I see vampires everywhere? Or is there some merit to this? Because, right, because I've been around her for like, what, like four, five years now? I never picked up on anything until now. To be fair, Whitaker, I'm not a field agent, so I've never actually met a vampire. If you think she is one, you're our guy for that. I hate that I'm our guy for this. I mean, why do you think you got hired, dude? Yeah, no. But that's interesting, isn't it? 
if she is one. I know. And now for right. these cogs are spinning, what, spinning, spinning. That's like, what I was thinking. As soon as I was in, like, why the fuck would she hire me? Yeah. Why am I here? Unless she's trying to fuck with me, which I feel is maybe a little too self-centered to admit. But I feel fucked with. You know, I feel very fucked with right now. I mean, now. she's definitely a very powerful, Sorry, Raven. busy person. <laughs> Sorry, Raven. I know there's a lot we haven't explained right now. <laughs> Raven's just kind of doing the back Yeah, sure, Raven. Like, you have no idea what, what he's talking what? about. Um, yeah, she's, she's a little lost, but she's just listening and taking it in and also trying yep. to be like, Whitaker, there's other people here. <laughs> Maybe so, they'll yeah, be it's, it's, all, it's all stage whisper. <laughs> it's the noise. This is why I brought Raven along. She's my rock. She rips me back in. <laughs> I'm just damaged. <laughs> well, listen, I'll, I'll look into stuff. I mean, so. I'm going to be honest with you. That's not even half the story. <laughs> we still got more to break to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. So what's the deal? Not you, cool. It's not you, cool. <laughs> you, you dish out all the details at the end of which Prithee yeah. says, uh, damn Whitaker, you really stepped in it, haven't you? Pretty, I swear to God, if you're about to betray me too, I'm going to lose yeah. my shit right now. You see, they take their glasses off for a second and they look at you. Whitaker, if you think I have any loyalty to this place. Oh, thank God. And I'm then just, as you relax, they say, but if you fucking make me lose dental... Valid. You're valid. You're All right. so valid. And put their glasses back on. Oh, yeah, you get dental. It's, it's awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. Do I get that as an intern, or do I have to be hired full-time? Oh, that's totally a yeah, full-time sorry. thing, darling. Hmm. So, I'm a bit flattered. Thank you for trusting me with this. That radio ghost shit is bonkers. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to... Yeah. Right? Because, like, the system, I went to check it, and there wasn't much wrong with it. So, like... I was going to ask you what actually went down and what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot wrong. It just sort of all got scrambled. But, like, put it back together in a couple days. Like, I'm done. It really did feel like he was running a show, right? Like, he, like, yeah. like it was just a big stage. And, yeah. you know, it all packed up at the end. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well, um, do you know this? We, there were, um, what was it, two or three uh, shifters that we sort of captured at the end of uh, yesterday's big fight. And I was told they were going to be moved to, you know, holding cells to get interrogated and asked about what went down or whatever. I need to know, at the very least, where they are and what they say about what happened. That is actually very important. There are some things they shouldn't be saying that I can't have put down in record, but that's another problem that I made for myself. <laughs> Okay, well, I can check on them. They pull up their tablet and they start looking around. Yeah, they checked them into uh, a holding facility. If there are any transcripts of any interviews done with them or any reports made about what they say, is it possible you could get them sent to me so I can censor them? I, yeah, I know it's a big ask. I don't want to... Listen, I want you up to date. I don't want you throwing your shit away just for me or for this. I mean, I work here too. This is spooky. I'll keep you updated. You said you're off the case, right? I'm off the case, yeah. Yeah, so that's not a good sign. If something comes up, I'll let you know. I don't think they've been questioned yet. They're probably still working out the processing and everything. It's been been less than 24 hours, yeah. Yeah. God, what a weekend. (laughs) They usually let supernaturals like that kind of sit and stew and like being captive and that like wears down their want to fight back. Sort of. Wow, that's fucked up, ain't it? It's been less than 24 hours. I don't want to be the guy that interrogates a shifter after they've just had a nap. 
Oh yeah, no, for sure. All right. Yeah. Let me know if anything pops up on that. So what is your plan besides just giving me anxiety for the next ever? My plan was to share my anxiety with as many people as I thought were safe. So I would feel less anxious all the time. Is it working? Listen, Prithi, you're the first person I told. Because if anyone's going to be on my side, God, it's got to be you. You see, they grin. Not sheepishly. It's more like they're just absorbing the compliment. Whitaker, that truly means a great deal to me. I'm very happy to be the coolest person you know. Yeah, well, it wasn't much of a contest. Right? (laughs) Sorry, Raven. (laughs) You're great, though, honey. No, really, though, you're... Only a little bit of Raven, I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. I don't usually insult people like this. And this has been horribly impolite of me. Uh, You are very cool, I promise. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's really no competition. (laughs) It's cool. Listen, I'm not... It's really not a competition, right? I mean, at this point, it's like no one should even enter. (laughs) God. And now they take a bite of their spring wrap. After they have finished their pudding and fries. See, I'd be full by now. <laughs> I can't eat French fries anymore. Doctor said I can't eat French fries anymore because I'm going to get, like, heart disease or something. It's so unfair. Raven's just shoveling them in her mouth like, oh, how sad. Yeah. Oh, I live vicariously through all of you. It's unfortunate. Well, there you go. I'm living for two of us. <laughs> Raven, is there anything you want to ask, Prithi, while, I'm, while Emery's checking my notes? Not that I can think of. You can also just talk to Prithi normally too. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have, have to be, be a question them about everything. <laughs> We're friends. We're all friends here. They do look to you, Raven, and they ask you, so you're clued in. You wouldn't be here. How you feeling about signing up, girl? Well, uh, like I told Whitaker earlier, it was pretty much a definite last night. And then we woke up this morning and it's a little eh. But um, I'm still going to stick around. We're going to see if we can fix things around here, do some digging. If we can patch things up, then I'm all in. Your girl needs dental. Hell yeah, she does. Well, no, not that you need it. but like <laughs> It's good to have, yourself. right? Like, it's just yeah. a thing. I work at a diner back home. I make minimum wage. Mm-hmm. It's really I brush my it. teeth every day. I still had a cavity last time. Oh, God, it's the worst. I, I'm from England, so Lord knows I need a dental. <laughs> <laughs> Prithee looks at you, Whitaker, and got yourself a tough bunch, Whitaker. Yeah. God, I feel so bad. They almost died yesterday. I feel really bad about that. <laughs> no, we did. Yeah, it's, it's a, listen, Raven, no offense to you. It's a tough group. <laughs> it's really hard for me to throw my life away when all of you are doing it first. <laughs> yeah, we do have a bad habit of running headfirst into danger. <laughs> Just team- to protect everyone else. But we all try to do it. If Team Martyr is led by this guy, y'all are in trouble. But luckily, there's a couple people in this group, myself included, who can, you know, if we haven't hurt ourselves yet, we can take some of the hurt from other people, which, now that I'm saying it out loud, also Ah, adds to the martyrdom. That's that's like codependency, darling. That's not good either. (laughs) You don't want to, hmm, listen. I mean, I was fine last night until Hugo, like, almost beefed it, and then I had to save his ass, and then I got a little bit hurt, but it was worth it. 
Yeah, oh yeah, God, no, listen, pretty, I'm not loving what I'm crazy. hearing. I'm not loving pretty. what I'm hearing, Whitaker. So here's what I'm no, going to no, say, No, no, right? no, it was actually crazy, right? Thunderbird awesome. in the room, and what does Raven do? She summons another Thunderbird. Oh, Whitaker, you didn't see what I summoned before that. It was a frog. I, no, I did not. It was just a frog. <laughs> Don't tell me that bit. There is a light frog, and then he left. And then I summoned the Thunderbird. There and it go. was amazing. And she looks at Prithi and is like, it was amazing. And they cover their mouth, laughs a little bit, and they say, uh, right, so I haven't played Magic the Gathering in quite some time. But I will say this. If we are going to be sort of a team on this whole investigate corruption within the agency thing, I'm going to have one condition. It's that you all look out for each other and your health. Okay? I think we can do that. Because I know I'm doing my part, and they finish their spring roll. <laughs> you're not stretching, though. They're like, that's why my vegetables. God, you're, you're, no, but you're not stretching, and, I, and I've seen this. You sit at your computer all day with the worst posture I've ever seen, and you don't stretch out your hands. You're going to get arthritis before I do. What do you mean? And you see that they, like, lean back in their chair and are sitting, like, impossibly in it, like, balanced on one leg of it. Prithee's sit is the most untenable thing. Raven, shaking Prithee's hand is like grabbing a bag of rocks. You do it and it's all knots. It's all knots all the way down. It's horrifying. Oh my goodness. You gotta do your part. You gotta spread. It's it's no joke. It's no joke, Prithee. You don't want to get a carpal tunnel or anything. Scout's honor? I'll stretch. Thank you. I'm so I'm sorry for for just for just digging in on you on your horrible stretching habits in front of Raven. That's not good. <laughs> We've all got our things, Whitaker. Some of us are cursed. Some of us don't stretch their fingers. <laughs> I'm gonna go and try to dig up anything I can find. And they they leave. Emery, I want to give you a feature to indicate this thing Prithi is gonna do for you. So once per session, uh, if you would like to roll and add, I guess you're cool because you are cool by association. Right. And there, there is actually like a thing whenever I have to roll to interact with the agency or like summon help or whatever, it's a plus cool roll to get okay. help from the agency. Great, so for now, you'll be able to roll to see what Prithi can dig up in order to help you in this covert operation you have enlisted their help. Beautiful, thank you so much. Hey adventurers, our hunters are pretty stressed out now that there's all these unanswered questions floating around. I've got something to share with all of you that might help you escape from some of life's stress yourself. The Shire Town Shindig. What's that you ask? Well for starters, it's a LARP, which in case you're somehow listening to this podcast and don't know what LARP is, that stands for Live Action Roleplaying. Basically, it's a chance to dress up and play a game like Monster of the Week or D&D acted out in real life instead of around a table with your friends. Your friends can LARP too, though. That part isn't missing. And indeed, you probably want a few friends to come with you if it's your first time trying that out. The Shiretown Shindig is a LARP I'm working on with the team at Ye Olde Commons, a LARP event campsite in Massachusetts. At this particular LARP, if the name hasn't given it away already, you play as halflings, all gathering for an annual family party. The aesthetic, food, and tone are all heavily inspired by The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. You can check out the Facebook group for updates and more specific information about the event, and even see some of the artwork that I'm making for the design guidebook. Tickets go on sale June 1st, and the event itself will be September 17th to the 19th. Pick your favorite halfling family to join, and come to our grand celebration of friends, family, and food. 
so much food. You'd best be ready for second breakfast. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Shiretown Shindig. I'll include that link in the description of the episode, too. Hope to see you there, adventurers. Of course, any halfling worth their salt knows adventuring is best left to wizards and elves and the like. Can you imagine leaving your nice comfy home and running off with, I don't know, dwarves or something? That'd be crazy. Damien is going to stop by to see Phoebe. Hey, uh, Phoebe, I, uh, I don't have an official mission yet, so I'll probably be back for an official fitting at some point. But the other night, my friends and I went to The Moment, and it's this great club. I don't know if you've been or heard of it. It's by the airport. I don't really get out much, Damien. You see they're like hanging upside down from one of their spiderweb threads, steaming a bunch of different suits that are on different elevated racks. Damien also flips up then to hang upside down so he can talk to her face to face. Yeah, okay. You just gloop up to the ceiling and then just like hang down like a stalactite. Well, if you like EDM, it's definitely a place where you'd be very welcome. I just show the uh, the, the guy at the gate a little bit of leg and Damien holds out like a giant praying mantis leg that he gooped up and puts it back. So very welcoming and uh, I just... That'd be a, a cool place for someone who, you know, doesn't get to go out as much as everyone else. Yeah. Well, if I ever figure out how to be around people, <laughs> she gives you like a awkward thumbs up. Did you need something? I mean, you probably can't tell me anything about the deep or, or you've probably never heard of a doctor, Kabe. But Kabe, no, just... she she definitely like recoils a little bit. Yeah, I have a business card. You shouldn't mess with him. He's bad news. Oh, I mean, I found it on a bad guy, so I was just curious about it, and Google oh. didn't bring anything up. Okay. I really want to know what this can of worms is. I've I've got to open it. Uh, uh, I don't, you don't have to uh, tell me anything about it. I'll happily talk with other people. I mean, you can look in the database. There's a file on him. Excellent. I'm, Sorry, I don't, it's a little awkward. Oh. No, sorry. I mean, I'm you're you're busy. Uh, I was just running around. People are wrapping stuff up here, so. Yeah, I am not the person to ask about clubs, unfortunately. Fair enough. It's a nice peacoat. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's an awkward height to be for me that I'm not used to, but uh, I I do like it. I'm gonna keep it for a while. Usually, I go through outfits. Do you want me to hem it for you? Would you? That's that's great. I, I Spider legs down to her little sewing kit. <laughs> you know, stretching my mass out too much, so mm-hmm, just a little mm-hmm. shorter would be nice. Yeah, sure. She'll turn the the sleeves and the hem under for you. Yeah, I um I just wouldn't go anywhere near Kabe's shop. It's sort of a the agents aren't really supposed to deal with him. Oh. Oh man. I'm sorry, it's just this is so incredibly interesting. It's gonna be like the next thing I go and cause shenanigans with. Well, don't tell them I sent you or anything. Oh, I don't no, want to be involved. Not. Please, Damien, I don't. No, no, of course not. Okay. You see, she looks honestly kind of scared right now. Oh, no, it'd just be like some undercover stuff and then maybe leave some explosives if they're up to no good. Okay, here's your coat. I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I misread. 
Oh, man. She Not climbs back up the ceiling and <laughs> continues ironing things. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'll be off. And Damien, like, walks away on the ceiling. Oh, man, she is not the type to have those types of conversations with. No, Phoebe is kind of mousy. (laughs) She's very, like, quiet and shy. She's not a field agent, certainly. Well, now I've got to look up Dr. Kabe. Are you going to do that right now? Do you do it with Whitaker or anybody else? No, I think he'd probably just go on the database on his own, see how far he could get, and then get access if... Why don't you you roll to investigate a mystery, then? Eleven. Hmm. Gets you three holds. Uh, what is it going to do? Or I guess, what sort of things does it do? What you find on Dr. Kabe is that whoever this guy is runs a, like a divination and occult magic studio. To the foot traffic of Portland, it looks like a tarot shop and like a, you know, hookah lounge slash like place you go to buy crystals and magical knickknacks and things like that. It markets itself to the people who are looking for like a magic experience in Portland. Um, And then my follow-up is going to be what is being concealed there. The agency has a strict do not antagonize order placed around this this shop and the, the proprietor. There's like a thing that says do not contact unless in cases of extreme emergency. And... You can just ask me some other question you're trying to find out in the database. You know what? I can ask what can hurt vampires, right? Like change the the monster type completely and just use the question. Be also researching what can hurt a vampire. Yeah, just while while I'm here. Sure. You you know that silver is a pretty common weakness. Uh, That's a weakness a lot of things have. You know that daylight, while it is not deadly, saps a vampire of its energy and the ability to tap into a lot of its powers if it has any and you find that there are vampire in the ec agency database has a big list of cases and each one as you if you read through a bunch of them they're all a little different vampire in this case sort of covers a big umbrella of creatures that have this ability to siphon life or siphon essence off people and so it describes less a specific version and it's applied to a lot of different things If you keep researching, you see there's Nordic vampires and Chinese vampires, and they're all variations on a theme, but that none of them have exactly the same weakness or exactly the same hunting pattern. That's fair. Things like garlic crosses, stakes in the heart, all that stuff is not real. Other than like stake in the heart, which would hurt literally anything. Felicity. Yeah, I would like to, right after I walked out, turn around and I'm going to come back in, and I'm going to say, oh, I forgot. Can I borrow a clipboard, Susie? I promise I won't break this one. Here, I give you a clipboard. Thank you. you. A, do you need a pen? Yes, please. I give you a pen. Okay, and I am going to go head down to cold storage. Interesting. Why don't you roll a charm to see if you can convince some agent to be your, like, escort? Okay, my charm's, um... Fine. Oh, my charm's real good. Ten. Okay. This actually works out. I just scanned my notes and I have the perfect interaction for you, Felicity. So you get the clipboard and then like walk from this like central terminal spot at Susie's desk over to the elevators. And you see that the button when you hit it doesn't react. You have to like swipe your agent ID card and then hit the button like you do at like a hotel. But when you stand there looking like, oh, 
I didn't think this through. You see someone swipes the, the card and hits the button. And who you see is Marissa, one of the EC Agency agents. Miss Starnbrook, where would you like to go? Down to the cold. Cold storage? Yes. My friends were there recently. She hits the button, elevator doors close, and starts going down. Emery, have we ever described what Marissa and Tomas look like? I don't think we have. They're twins, right? That's all we kind of said. Yeah. I'm picturing um, sort of bangs in front, but then very curly, dark hair. She's wearing sort of a dark suit, purple tie, like a gray undershirt. Purple. She has like a very dark, dark maroon lipstick on and uh, a little bracelet that she's wearing that she's sort of fiddling with. I heard you and your group got into quite a bit of trouble yesterday. Just yesterday? Oh my God, it's been like trouble the whole time that I've known them. What do you mean? Right, well, sorry. I'm Marissa. I'm Felicity. Nice to meet you. But you knew that already. Word gets around here. And you're hard to miss. Yep, I get that a lot, actually. You wouldn't believe it, but... Oh, having met you now, I totally do. That's good. That's good. So what crazy thing do you do? She doesn't hide a a giggle. (laughs) You're just, you're fun. And she (gasps) snaps her hand and purplish flames around her hand briefly. Oh my god. I think we're sort of similar. See, it seems like maybe yes, but it also seems like maybe no, because it seemed like you knew exactly what you wanted to do and then and then did it. Not the vibe with me. Yeah. Okay. Magic. That's our similarity. Ding! The doors open up. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I'm happy to discuss the art with you if you are ever curious. Yes. And she gestures. I have for no you idea to, what, what I'm doing. You go over to cold storage. It is cool air coming from this big garage door warehouse entryway, but it's open. And you see Norm is in his office just reading a report. Okay, I'm gonna go knock on the little. Is this door open or closed? It does. There's not really a door. It's like an open doorway. Okay. Right. So I'm gonna stand in the doorway and kind of like knock on the side. Um, hello? Are you Norm? Oh, hey! Yeah, that's me, Norm Northunder. Wow, that's something. What are you? You're crazy! Oh, really? Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm me. <laughs> I love uh, it. Who, who are you? Oh, oh, yeah. Hi, um, Marissa. She's kind of waves from the back, like, behind you a few feet. <laughs> is she in cold storage, too? She came with you. She's, oh. she's your agent escort, yeah. Okay, I'm Felicity. I'm kind of like an intern here, I guess. Oh, thinking of signing up, then. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, am. Oh, that's great, eh? Yeah, I am. I was sent down here to maybe look at some things about... Hey, do you remember there was... I don't know if you'll remember, but probably that radio ghost. Oh, gee, that guy. Yeah, like two days ago. Yeah, yeah that two days one. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't yeah, no, sure. I remember that pretty clearly. I, I wasn't sure if you'd remember. Quite the harrowing experience for me yeah, and my, me and no, my team. Yeah, it was something. I destroyed a door. I destroyed a turret. It was a it was a bad bad time. But here's the thing, Norm from Cold Storage. Can I maybe just Norm's fine. 
okay, Norm. Um, can I maybe look at some things about the radio ghost, or maybe see some things? Or just trying to figure out where he came from. He or you want to said, see the crate he was in. Yeah, he kind of said this really cryptic thing. He was like, to be continued. And um, it freaked me out a little bit. So, here I am. Huh. Uh, yeah, I can show you the, where he was. Uh, go with me. And so he heads out of the office. While Norm is bipedal if he wants to, he often like gorilla walks around like with his two big like front handed big paws. Yeah, this and, whole thing uh, was like 50% for me to try to research the uh, radio ghost and 50% uh-huh. I just really wanted Felicity to meet Norm. <laughs> he takes you down and like Marissa, now that you're with Norm, just says, I'm gonna wait here. I'm not really dressed for this. Neither are you, don't take too long. Hey, um, will you be here when I come back? Because I have maybe a lot of questions for you. Well, you're not getting on the elevator again unless I am. So yes, I will wait for you, Miss Darn. Thank you. Okay. Norm is like, so we're making friends already, huh? Already know Marisha? Yes. Just met her on the elevator. She's my friend already. You make lots of friends in the elevators around here, eh? And apparently in cold storage, Norm, I consider you a friend already. Wow, that's very forward of you, but I appreciate it. You seem like a nice young lady. (laughs) And you seem like a nice furry man. Sure, (laughs) we'll go with that one. You get over to the crate, which has since been, like, put back on the shelf it was on. He uh, takes it off, sets it down, and then, like, with his bare hands, just pulls the the lid, which is, like, nailed down off of it. (laughs) Sets that aside. There you go. Now, Norm... Do you know how, like, the things down here work? Or are you just, like, in charge of keeping them in their places? I pretty much just manage where things are in case something needs to get researched. And, uh, you know, if they're looking for, oh, I don't know, uh, some sort of rune off an artifact or, or maybe they need to ask a question of some genie they got trapped in a perfume bottle or something. Thank you, then, for showing me this. Um, Felicity would like to investigate a mystery. Okay, you're going to look at the old beat-up radio that's sort of in the thatched hay at the bottom of this crate? Yeah. Okay. Ooh! Ooh, 12! (laughs) Okay, what are you asking? Okay, so I want to ask what happened here. But in reference to... I kind of want to figure out how the heck did this thing get out? You see on the outside of this crate even though Norm took the top of it off, mm-hmm. that there are what look like, you're not really sure what to make of them, little markings and sigils that sort of crisscross and go all over the outer wood of this crate, almost like they were burned into it. You see that the radio itself is not really anything special. It just seems like an old two-channel radio. How good a student is Felicity in How school? How good of a student? Yeah. He's, like, decent. Okay. She's like- B's, some A's. Yeah, this definitely looks like something you'd see on the set of like the Dick Van Dyke show, or like you know maybe even earlier than that. Or rather, your question is what happened here? Yeah. So apparently, the radio ghost was in this radio, and he was in this like sealed crate. You thinking the markings? They do kind of look like the symbols that were carved into that glass that was keeping the okay 
the Thunderbird chicks contained. So whatever was up with this crate, it seems to have been like containing this guy within that radio. I'm gonna turn to Norm. Is Norm Norman still right there? I assume he's yeah, watching he's, me. Yeah, he's hanging out. Hey, hey, Norm. Did anyone come down and ask you about the radio before the attack happened? Like maybe a little bit before, or like a little while before? And I'm gonna ask what is being concealed here. No, not really. That was the strangest thing. Uh, this thing's been here for a long time before I even got the job. You know, being the foreman. So, uh, yeah, it's an old Eastie part of the collection down here. And, uh, you know, nobody questioned me about it or anything. I didn't, wasn't on any sort of like shipping manifesto or anything like that. Just sort of, I don't know. No one came down and saw it or? No, best we can figure, maybe a forklift kind of bumped it, knocked it off. And that sort of did something to disrupt the, you know, because he had to get out somehow. He did have to get out somehow. That's for sure. I'll say this, Felicity. Probably Whitaker would have told you, like, when they were down here looking at this with Norm, they found the crate tipped over on its side with this radio just, like, on the ground. Okay. Um, And it said that right before all the radio ghosts actually went down, there was that figure of static that Norm or one of his guys saw and was like, hey! And then everything went crazy. Hmm. Now... God, I don't know what else to ask because none of these pertain to... If you just want to ask a different third question, that's fine. Sometimes it just makes more sense to be like, ask your third, who cares? Do I see on it any... Well, it was on the ground. I had to pick it up and put it back in. Oh, no! (laughs) Yeah, I mean, from what you can tell, the crate had been picked back up, radio put inside, nailed back shut, put on the shelf again. Okay. Even though technically there's no reason to keep it here because you technically or on record have banished the radio ghost as far as mm-hmm. anyone is concerned. All right. I guess that's what I'm going to ask Norm. I'm going to say, Norm, if if there's no more ghost inside of it, because like, you know, I killed it like a badass. Why is you don't have to brag here? to me or anything. I, I know most people that work here are pretty cool. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just excited. That's fair. That's yeah. all. Why Why do you still keep it here if it's just a normal radio now? Well, I don't really make that call. You know, I just I just keep the things down here that are down here, down here. Oh, shoot. I figured out the third question I should ask. You can Damn. ask it. What do you want okay. to ask? <laughs> um, I want to try to, because I encountered the radio ghost, right, multiple times. Yeah. I want to try to focus my magical energy and ask, where did it go? And if you want, I can roll for, because um, I really want to ask this. I forgot about that. No. Um, I, I'll roll for tune in, too, if you want me to, where I could ask, where is the creature right now? Yeah, go ahead. 11. What does that get you? Oh, no, another three holds. <laughs> Is it just more questions? Yeah, well, I can ask. I really just want to ask, where is the creature right now? You reach out towards this radio with your magic. And what happens, Felicity, is you you get this feeling. You don't sense anything inhabiting this radio at this Mm -hmm. point. But as you're really focusing on it and looking at it and being like, what's special about this thing? And you actually see there's like a maker's label on the back of it. Mm -hmm. As you're like turning it over in your hands and inspecting it. And it says that the radio was, like, made in 1946. And uh, you set that down. You, again, are really trying to focus 
And you see the label on the crate itself, which Whitaker never had a chance to look at. And you fold back the like peeled yellowed sticker of it to like mm-hmm. look at it. You can see faded and old type is the name E dot Hale, H-A-L-E, and then A dot Easty. And A dot Easty is after where it says agent acquisition. E dot Hale. E dot Hale, A dot Easty as like agents involved in the capture of this ghost. Okay, I learned something. Love that. I'm going to turn to Norm and be like, thank you. I'm really sorry that I took up your time. That's perfectly okay, you know. I'm here to help the people upstairs. Thanks. Um, You're really great, and I appreciate you. I'm going to go now, though. Have fun down here in the cold. Hey, you know it's a living. It, it's a living. Do you get dental? Oh, we all do, yeah. Oh, good. Um, and I'm going to head back. Mostly to- I stay in house for that sort of thing. And you see, he like kind of fingers one of his like massive tusks. <laughs> his lower jaw. Yeah, that makes sense. You wouldn't want to go see a normal dentist for that now, huh? I don't Not really. No. All right. I'm going to go back to, um, Marissa now. Okay. It's been, it's been real. Thank you for letting me look at the radio. Thanks for banishing whoever that guy was. Yeah, some real good definitely work. Definitely, I banished him. He's definitely put that on your resume if you uh, if you apply here. Maybe. <laughs> you bid farewell to Norm, the friendly abominable snowman, and go back to Marissa, who is like sitting just on like a bench outside his office. Find what you were looking for. Maybe. Well, it's better than no. It is better than no. I'll have to consult with my fellow agents but like i do want to talk let's go in the elevator because i'm freezing down here it's chilly yeah it's Uh, it's pretty cold they scan you get in the elevator and as we're going up i'm gonna say just like the lobby where um susie is please and i'm gonna say hey listen so like you said that you do like this magic stuff and maybe you could tell me how to do the magic stuff my brother and I are magic consultants, yes, here at the agency. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? That's a thing? Well, yes, we studied the arcane for quite a few years. Can I, like, maybe have your phone number? <laughs> and if I ever run into some tough some tough stuff, I'll just, like, maybe shoot you a text. This is not meant to be, like, some, like, coming on to you. Like, don't think of it like that. Like, I just wanted to clarify that, like, right up front. Like, I really just want to learn magic yeah i get that and she takes her phone out shows her number so you can add it to your phone okay and as i'm typing you to be like i do have a girlfriend already i just wanted to let you know like that was not congrats thank you thank you she's great she has deer legs (laughs) she doesn't know what to make of that (laughs) she's just like huh yes if there's any questions you have about you said you can't control what you're doing no not at all I see. Is there anyone else in your group who can't really control what they're doing? No. Well, maybe Damien, but I feel like that's maybe, like, subjective. Like, that's his choice to not Uh, control what he's doing. My brother and I try not to deal with demons, so... Yeah, no, he... That's just him as a person. Like, that's not something that he can learn. That's just... He just... That's just him. Well, if you're going to be around, she takes out a little sticky note and writes down a room number in my brother's office, and we're usually there working on things. 
can come by and we'll try to figure out what's going on with your whole deal. The sad thing, I'm leaving tonight. Okay then. Well, this has been a very interesting few minutes, Miss Starbuck. Yes, but if if and when, if no, definitely when. When I come back, you best believe I will be paying a visit to that office. Okay, come and this is not flirting. Magic. No, just this to is be not clear. flirting. I'm 100% not flirting with you. I am just really excited to learn magic. Well, I have a girlfriend. Have wonderful travels. Uh, okay. <laughs> she will leave you be. <laughs> All right, I get out and I'm going to say, okay, Susie, um, here's your clipboard. I didn't write anything on it, just like I said. I didn't do anything with your clipboard. I really, honestly, I just, I just wanted it so that I looked a little bit more official, you know? And takes it back, bye. looks at the clipboard, looks at you leaving, and just like rolls her eyes. <laughs> Whitaker, you don't get an assignment because you are technically pending assignment, and because of your tenure here, you can look at the list of open cases or potential cases to go investigate if you'd like to just pick one up on your way out of the headquarters and having to drive people back. That would be excellent. Okay. There is a series of reported disappearances here in Portland. People have gone missing and then their bodies will show up desiccated. Yikes. Yeah, not great. But also there is a lead on a potential supernatural happening in uh, British Columbia at a, uh, a marina. And it says there have been reports of a creature being sighted in the bay there and this has been like a a hot spot for lake monster sightings but there was an anonymous tip sent directly to the agency you actually see by way of norm like norm got an email about this and then just like reported it but this anonymous tip said possible lake monster sighting sounds fun and the place it's, it's being reported from that it's happening at is sort of a, a spot where a lot of people go looking for these types of creatures. It's like, mm. a, it's like a place where there have been multiple sightings. But again, this one came right to Norm's email and was like, specifically, this one is real. Or like, this, this seems legit. Yeah. How um, close is that to Maple Falls? Because I do got to get all the kids back home. I mean, it is north of... I don't know where British Columbia is. <laughs> it, it is north of Autumn Falls, and it's essentially... Uh, Autumn Falls, not Maple Falls, sorry. Maple Falls is the real town it's based on. So. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> this bay is just a little ways up into Canada from there. And Autumn Falls is an hour's drive to Canada. It's, it's mm-hmm. certainly not like... Like, it's no further than coming here to Portland. I mean, as interesting as desiccated corpses sounds... We should probably put some distance between us and Portland. Yeah, I mean, considering you are the most worried at the moment about your boss, who is most probably a vampire, bodies showing up is sort of the last thing you want to get directly involved with right now. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to that one. Yeah. Too bad, so sad for Portland. Sorry, um, Portland. <laughs> uh, plenty of great agents here who can deal with yeah. that and not have... And not have layered layered loyalties on right. the matter. So you all also, pile This also sounds like one that's less likely for us to get killed again. So, all right. Um, yeah. So you pile into uh, Whitaker's truck 
and say goodbye to EC headquarters and the city of Portland. Oh, uh, we're not doing the deep tonight? Oh, right, the deep, because you're staying here deep, tonight. Deep, deep, I forgot. It's only the afternoon of that day. So, yeah. yeah. Um, there is time for Damien to stop by Dr. Kabe's. There's also time to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyone who wants to go with you there can. <laughs> because I feel like Damien we has... know that he's going to Dr. Kabe's. Like, I feel like we'd all be like, no, no, no. It's like, <laughs> I have $60 to spend, and I would like to spend it. Because <laughs> you didn't Kabe. spend it on the things you bought last night. <laughs> wow. Wow. I shouldn't be surprised, but I feel like if Aiden knew this, she would be upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's like late afternoon. You guys have spent some time at the East Agency digging around for dirt. Felicity, I'm assuming you share what you discovered with Whitaker and the team. Whitaker, you tell everyone that Prithi is going to work with you guys. And so, Damien, you want to go into the city again? Yeah. Directly to trouble. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Get an angel to hand you $60. (laughs) (laughs) Damien says he wants to go, gang. What is everyone's feelings on that? No. <laughs> I'm just going to spend know, in $60 improvis- and leave. It's a simple... I know it's all like... Get in, get out, <laughs> cause no shenanigans, do no mind control. Yep. Just, I have the name on this card, have to go check it out. Um, and I feel like right. patronizing is not offensive in any way. See, usually Uh-oh. I agree with you, not going to lie. This one also, I don't know, feels like a no. It's feeling a little bit like a no. It's like a big no. Just huge glaring no. Yeah, Aiden says, I'll go with you, Damien. Oh my god, no. Because oh, no. she, she looks at all of you and she says, he's gonna go, right? We, he's gonna go. I will go keep an eye on him because he's gonna Just go. bamf him out of there if anything shitty happens. Yeah, exactly. Good. Should I look right. for anything, Whitaker, while I'm babysitting? Um, I cannot think of anything off the top of my head that wouldn't get you in immediate trouble if you went looking for You know that Dr. Kabe's occult emporium is like, well, let's see. You know of a pair of agents who go to Dr. Kabe's quite a bit, despite the normal mandate of like, don't talk to this dude. He's bad news. Do you want to venture a guess as to who they might be? Is it the twins or is it Ross and, uh, it's either them or Ross. It is Ross and Spiegel. Oh my god. He's, he, Kabe's their weed guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aiden, just pick us up some weed. Just figure out what he sells. Get me some indigo while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> so while you ask Aiden to go pick you up the good kush. Uh, <laughs> does anyone else want to come or think that it's a good idea for them to come? Hugo! <laughs> I didn't want to rope Hugo into it. This is a, a, no, I know, want him in if I can. A dangerous I like magician, so it's sort of right up Hugo's alley. He was busy exercising, but yeah, he's probably going to go. Yeah, as Damien and Aiden are like waiting for the shuttle, she gives you a call and she's like, Damien and I are going to go do something probably stupid. Do you want to come with us? You know what? It's always good to know some people, so why not? And then if, if Aiden turns around, he's literally just right there. Gah! Oh, wow. I understand how startling that can be now. Thanks for reminding me of that. Anytime, Aiden. Anytime. 
love it. Love it. All right, the rest of you, are you going to do anything tonight? Are you all intending to go check out the deep? Are you going to go somewhere else? Felicity would like to check out the deep, but I would like to wait for an accompanying party. Yeah. I'm not about to go on my own. All right. So while you guys kind of hang out and share notes, Damien, Aiden, and Hugo head off to Dr. Kaveh's Occult Emporium. The outside of it is very, like, Halloween decorated, but, like, year-round. Like, there's spooky spider webs and gargoyles and some neon lights that create skull patterns or magic rune circles, that sort of thing. And the front shop of it, when you first walk in the door, is very much like a electronic cigarette store. Um, But there is a curtain behind that counter that you can gather is probably where the tarot readings and the, you know, other stuff happen. I'm going to roll something really quickly. Okay. Damien, I assume you're leading. Oh yeah. Damien's excited for this. So the guy at the counter, it's just like a, a dark brown beanie that's pulled down almost over his eyes, sort of messy hair poking out the back of it. He's got just like a tight fitting black tank top and a lot of like metal bracelets and leather straps and things on his wrists. And he is jamming to whatever he's got in like a old Walkman. Hey, what's going on, my man? What's up? I got this card from this guy I met, and Damien's going to sort of like glue panned a little bit when he flashes the Dr. Uh, Kabe card. Okay. Um, <laughs> the guy behind the counter is like, whoa, what is wrong with you? And like looks down at like a little pipe that's like still kind of smoking, but like not a lot. It's just like, huh. I, I'm a magician. Oh, no. uh, I'm a magician, man. I'm just fucking with you, dude. Is your it's hand a back to normal now? Trick. Yeah, it's it's it's. You just did it for like a quick second. <laughs> okay. Oh wow! Oh, I wasn't. I oh, I'm freaking sorry, out man. now. And Aiden is just like, "What did you do?" No, no Guy worries. Guy seems totally freaked out by <laughs> the fact that your hand just melted into green slime for a second. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a magician. I just, I do little tricks to try to get women, you know, so don't, don't mind me. I'm just trying to practice, but here, the, the okay, card wow. I found, uh, I just Ooh, wanted to pick up. You see, he uh, like takes out like an e-cigarette and just starts like, you know, takes a hit off that. All right, all right, I'm good, I'm good. Whoa, whoa, man, you cannot just like, that's like David Copperfield shit. What the, whoa. God. Sorry. Did you come to buy something or? Yeah. Uh, gifts from my friends. They like candles and rocks and some of them were looking to get high. So I wanted to get them a nice piece of glassware. You know, nothing and, nothing uh, too crazy. All right, man. Look around, I guess. Ooh, boy. So he puts his fist on the counter, just like bracing himself and it collects his composure. Yeah, make, um, make sure to hydrate, bud. Yep, that's important. Oh man, don't want to melt, don't want to melt. He's like looking at his hand, like expecting his hand to melt. <laughs> Damien slides a tiny water bottle out of his sleeve that he palmed the night before and just drops <laughs> a little water bottle on the guy's desk. Aiden goes up to the guy at the counter and just starts like talking with him. She's like, sorry about my friend, he's amateur magician. Got a lot more than an amateur, man. Hugo, what are you up to at this point? He's essentially just walking around the inside of the building, just looking at the various glassware and such. Okay. Nonchalant. Yeah. Why don't you read a bad situation? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
never want to hear that. Never want to hear that. Do, 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 do. It's a 10. Let's see. I guess the first question is, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Oh boy, we shouldn't be here. All right. While Aiden's talking to the guy and Damien is perusing the wares, Damien, do you go to pick up any of the stuff in the shop? Like, what are you looking over and going to pick up? uh, Damien would not be touching anything, you know, Mm -hmm. hands sort of behind his back looking around, but uh, happy to look at glassware or if there's anything that the wizard would have been here for. Because if the guy is not in the know of magic and the supernatural, it seems... Yeah, just, just try to see if there's any reason that wizard was here. You're looking around. There's a lot of incense here and candles. You get past the smoke shop section of it and get into the more spiritual knickknacks sort of side of things. There's like mm-hmm. a beaded entry thing you got to go through. And Hugo, you're also perusing this area. There are those wooden instruments that are basically an animal with like a ridged back that you tap on or like they make the like noises or whatever when you like run a a wooden thing across them. Hugo, you're just sort of keeping an eye out and you don't see where he comes from, but a figure suddenly is upon Damien. He is a dark-skinned, very tall, lanky fellow with sort of short cut hair and beard. The beard has some like interesting design elements to it. It's not just like a grown in beard. It's like clearly been shaped a little. And he is wearing a dark gray suit and like dark gloves. And he picks up the little frog instrument and flashes it in front of you, Damien. Can I help you find what you're looking for? I wanted to purchase some minor knickknacks to patronize your shop newish to portland and just like to know where fellow like-minded people are in case i have the need later on i have come across money he sets the frog thing down damien and as you're Mm -hmm. talking he gets real close to you do not take me for a fool i know who you are mr inchcrist and you see his eyes flash dark smoke across the white parts of it hey natalie yeah, Hugo. <laughs> I, I got two. I have two more questions. I know. What are they now? I wanted to get that little bit in there. Yeah. Well, we already know what the biggest threat is, so that, that part's <laughs> fine. What's the best way to protect the victims? Uh, you could talk to this guy and intervene. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's go with that one. All right. What do you then, say to him? <laughs> I'm gonna go up and tap him on the shoulder and go. Um, excuse me, sir. Um, sir, sir, sir. I was wondering if you happen to have any incense. Turns back to look at you. And he calls out to the guy at the front desk, Eric, you're on break. And as Aiden's gotten this guy sort of calmed down, he's like, oh, thanks, Mr. Kabe. Doctor, Dr. Kabe, I'll see you. And he like goes out the front and uh, he gives you a very stern look, Hugo. And he calls out, right one, are you the only one of these three who is not going to lie to me today? And Aiden slowly, cautiously parts the little bead curtain. And she says, we came to look into your shop because we found your card on an enemy's person. Do you want to ask another question, Hugo, <laughs> from your read a bad situation? Hmm. I'll probably save it. You see, he flashes a, a big toothy smile. And he says, come with me. And you see, do you have any incense? I mean, there's incense everywhere, Hugo. <laughs> you, can, you can certainly pick some out <laughs> if you need it. <laughs> He briskly throws the curtain aside to that back room area. You all walk in. It 
closes behind you all without him touching it or anything. And back here, this room is lit in dark room lighting. It's red lighting. There's a very ornate cloth covering on a table that has different animal skulls and some old looking coins, some wooden dice, jars and things on the wall filled with all manner of arcane ingredients, we'll call them. And he grabs a stool and swings it around and sits on it with his hands folded on the table. So let's try this one more time, huh? You come to Dr. Kabe for what reason? The owner of this coat became a foe. I wanted to make sure that that did not ripple out and continue to ruffle feathers. And if you have reasonable goods, I've got reasonable money and the ability to acquire <laughs> much, much more. I don't want your money, Mr. Edgecrest. We deal in a different kind of currency here, something a little more real. You see his eyes flash again like they're hot coals. Hugo, Aiden holds your hand subtly. She says, we're new to all this, but I get the feeling you're not. And he sits back, folds his arms, looks at her for a second. It's an odd way of putting it for you specifically. But yes, I know the city. So I ask again, what are you here to know? What's this currency you deal with? I'm used to dealing with money with humans. Someone who's interested in something more exciting is intriguing to me. You see he, from behind his own ear, pulls this gold coin that has a face engraved on it and plays with it across his fingertips. And he says, Information does not come cheap, Mr. Edgecrest. I am a merchant of stories. If you want a story from me, then you have to pay for it with one of your own. Did you kill Mr. Flint? I did not. He looked at me. He took out his own escape vehicle. He shocked himself. He told me his plan. And then he helped me capture him and tie him up. And he gave me his coat. Damien, can you just make a D6, like 2D6 roll for me, please? And like, I want to be clear that Damien's body language has been very like, palms, empty-handed, like, hey, I'm here to make friends. I don't want him to think that I'm that threatening. That's a seven. Hmm. Okay. He palms the coin, and it vanishes as he snaps his fingers, and a bunch of candles in the back of the room all light at once. And Damon, you start to feel this, like, creeping sensation. It's not physical, because, again, your body's made of slime. That's not sort of the thing that would bother you. But, like, mm. there's this creeping in your mind, like something's running across it with many tiny legs. And you just start to feel incredibly uncomfortable. And he says, That's two strikes, Mr. Edgecrest. A third. And I will ask you to leave and deal with your friends instead. I'll tell you right now, Damien, he did not like that you continue to mask the truth behind what you're doing here. Because Leon didn't give you his coat, you stole it. And he only did all those other things because you manipulated him with your demon magic. Hugo, I'll give you this one, you don't have to spend your ask on it, but you can see there is some smoke gathering on the floor of this room right now. And you see the shadow being cast by these candles. It's lighting up Kabe's form, but behind him, against the dark curtains is just the shape of a massive orb weaver and a web. Oh, oh, yay. Hugo's actually 
very happy about this. And he looks at you, Hugo, and he says, You, you come into my shop with the Fallen and this one. I know you have stories you could trade. What story do you need me to tell you? Honestly, I don't know what story I need you to tell me. There's information that Damien would like, and he's trying his best to be honest with you. At least I would like to assume he is. He has no ill intent. He's just not used to these kind of things. I suppose I shouldn't expect him to tell the truth. One from the pit like him. (laughs) He has his own way of telling the truth. It's subjective. You know that. What type of story are you interested in? He gestures that you should take a seat. You could also. Okay. Kabe reaches out. You see now in the like the dark with the candlelight flickering, his form seems to be a lot more subjective to the you know shadows in the room and how they ripple across him with the candlelight. You see him move one of his sort of long, lanky hands, which seems a little longer and lankier. And you see he starts letting some like dice and little bone fragments and things, bits of like sea glass, like roll around in his hand as he again does that thing where they like travel across the top of his fingers. He says, I am a merchant. You can offer me any story you like. It will be mine once you hand it over. And if you don't know which story you need, you can always trust Aranya Kabi to give you the one you need. How about a recent story? As best as I recall, the story that essentially led us here. The story that I'm assuming I can trust you to not trade away to the wrong people. Stories that I buy are mine. Stories that others need, I tell. Perhaps I should tell a different story then. He says, no, I'm intrigued. Certain stories I like to keep, and I'd much rather not forget any of them. How about this? The story begins with a young boy sitting on a dock. As the young boy sits there, he's looking out at the sunset. Eventually, the sun goes down and the stars come up. He looks in the water and he sees something reflecting. It sits in the same position as the stars, and he looks up into the sky. Doesn't seem any different. Looks back in the water. The thing that was in the water isn't there anymore. And he feels something behind him. He's not sure what it is, but it pushes him into the water. He surfaces, looks all around. He doesn't see anything. Suddenly, he drops down in the water again. And at this, he begins to panic. He tries to breathe, realizing, well, as soon as he opens his mouth, more water is going to pour in. And it does. Moments pass, and he's looking up, wondering if he's ever going to surface again. And he sees numerous bright flashes of light. Finally surfaces, looks around, doesn't see anyone, but sees a lot of blood in the water. The story pulls away from that very confused kid in the water to a person on a hill, and some pieces of metal on the ground beside them. They stand up, and they walk away. And the kid never finds out exactly what happened to him. Not the most exciting story, but a good one. And when he says that, Hugo, he unrolls his hand and the objects in it start to just fall. And time seems to slow down in your perception of this. As you recall this moment in Hugo's past where he, as a member of the Whispered, did exactly what they're meant to do. Save someone and never get any credit for it. And... As the objects from Kabe's hand fall and hit the table, they sound very far away. And as the last one is falling from his hand, it's that silver coin. And it's tumbling, tumbling, tumbling. You hear Aranya Kabe's voice in your head. He says, Now I'll do you one better. 
and your vision, Hugo, it's like you're out of your body, but there's no even sense of having a spirit or a body to connect to. You are now just aware of this story that's being told to you. You see a group of, not teenagers, but like young college age kids driving in a van. And you see them pass a sign that says, welcome to Portland. You see they park their van somewhere and they take out a bunch of equipment. Looks like cameras and a lot of other things with like dials and knobs and almost like radar screens on them. You see they're outside of an old house and the group of them break in. They pull down some boarded up windows and climb inside. They're looking around. Their lights on their little headlamps filter through the dust that's disturbed as they move around this old, old house. You watch them make their way to like the upstairs portion. They split up, a few of them go this way, a few of them go that way. They've all got these instruments out that are beeping and clicking, giving off little pulses every now and again. And at one point you're with one group and as one of them is searching this fireplace mantle, the one behind them, something wraps itself around that person's mouth and face and they are immediately pulled out of the room, down a hallway. It's so quick and so fast that the other person looking at the mantle doesn't even notice they're gone until they hear the <laughs> of the equipment dropping. They turn around with their flashlight all of a sudden. What? What? And you see something snake out from the fireplace and wrap around this person's ankles and pull them up the chimney. Ah! You see upstairs, the other two who are there. Did you hear that? You... Where should go? We should leave. This is freaking me out. And you see they go to a window to try and open it, and it's jammed and stuck. More of this dark tendril stuff just seems to whip out and grab the person's arm and starts to pull them out of this room that they're in. And their friend that they're with grabs them and trying to, like, fight to bring them back. But they are pulled away and lifted up onto the ceiling and then dragged across the ceiling of this upstairs hallway until they get over the stairwell. Their friend is just screaming, horrified. <laughs> the smoke swirls out of your vision. You're sitting down again, and that coin lands. You're going to need that story. Maybe not now. Not tomorrow. But you will. You think to yourself, oh, but I have to... I haven't told you a story yet. And if you voice this aloud or whatever, he says, No, friend. The fee is paid. And he glances over at Aiden. And you, my dear, would you like to buy a story? Not today. Well, you will always be welcome here, Lightbringer. Glances over at you, Damien. And this one. Are you ready to strike out, or are you done trying my patience? Damien just stands up and stretches. Look, I'm just going to get $60 worth of incense and be on my way. I appreciate your time, but uh, I don't think I'm quite the storyteller you're interested in. It would take me too long, and my memory's not as good to give you the stories of qualities which you seek. And not really your own to sell, eh? I pick let, up stories where I can as well. He lets that statement hang in the air. Aiden yeah. gives you a glance and looks back at him. Pleasure doing business with you, Mr. Rashad. He, like, puts a finger to his eyebrow and then gestures to you. Here you go. Slight nod back with a quizzical look on his face. Yeah. Kabe calls out, Eric, these customers need to check out. And you know, the guy comes through the door again. 
Take care, my friends. We're always open. Uh, Damien, you buy $60 worth of incense and <laughs> yep. I assume a like pipe? Just, like, what do you yeah. see? <laughs> yeah, just like straight through like one of each. My favorite uh, thing is that Aiden's there to see him spend that $60. <laughs> she doesn't say anything, but she knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hugo, you apparently traded something, but you now have this vision of a very... Uh, dire circumstance that some group is gonna go through yeah man first kiss story wow that's that's something to, to trade away <laughs> i i did what i mean it's it just really really interesting to go with the, the first kiss story I, I thought it was really brave and really really vulnerable damien <laughs> you are not allowed to pay because as you say this to hugo you just hear God! And you get flung from the shop. All the stuff clatters to the ground. And you see Eric, his eyes cloud over black for a second. And he just doesn't move. Damien, you're literally just expelled from the shop. <laughs> uh, you go ass over kettle and roll into the pavement. And uh, Aiden just like quickly picks up the things, puts them on the counter and pulls out her card. She's like, uh, we're, we're still good, right? We can." St-. And you see Eric's eyes like... And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, you're sure. And she pays for the stuff, puts in a little brown paper bag, rolls it up. She looks at you, he goes, she's like, let's leave. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you get out of there. Damien um, dusts himself off. Sorry, Hugo, I, I like to fuck with people. Aiden just glares at you. She's like, you are not allowed back there, ever. Yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> Hugo's going to actually take down this address because he wants to remember this place. Yeah. You guys managed to get your way back to the EC agency. You meet up with your group. So when you guys get back to the agency, do you want to say this is where you all pile into the truck and sort of drive north for Autumn Falls? The deep. Where but are yes. we going to do the deep, baby? Oh, the where are we going to do the deep? Yep. I'm just trying to get you guys out of the city so you stop getting in trouble. Um. <laughs> and it's so much fun getting in trouble. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's just save it for next time. Yeah, we can say we're getting ready to go to the deep. Okay, yeah. You guys get back. If you ask Aiden and Hugo and Damien about Dr. Kabe's place, Aiden didn't say much about it. She's just like, you should not have gone there. Here's your stuff. And hands over the incense and things to people that ask for it. What do you all think of the place? Was he nice? Uh, I have this thing where I think it's more fun to stretch the truth and go around it. And he does not take kindly to that at all. Not even I feel joking like around. he would love me. Yeah, Holy he and I did not vibe. He was much more of Hugo's alley. Apparently I told him a story about my first kiss. No, no, I was <laughs> fucking with you. I'm gonna remember that, Damien. Just so you know. But you ain't well, gonna remember that story! I, oh! And that's why I was very careful about which story I chose. <laughs> I hope that you find an equal opportunity to misinform me and then tell me the truth 15 minutes later. Damien, you don't know what story Hugo told. Uh, and neither does Aiden. Yeah, I figured that would be. That, that kind of whole exchange happened between just the two of them sitting at that table. So it totally makes sense that you would like fuck with him and be like, you told him about his first kiss or whatever. <laughs> like, but Hugo, you can remember your first kiss uh, if you've had one. And so... Wow, rude! We, we don't do want to assume! assume. We do not assume. 
So your friends went to a strange place and don't really seem talkative about it. And you're all gearing up to go to an even stranger place, potentially, yeah! uh, as you prepare to check out the deep in your last night in Portland before heading home. And that's where we'll leave off. Listen, Natalie, I think we learned something I'm about you. I'm fucking hyped for you to read this F chat. Well, F chat was pretty fired. I will read the F chat. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>